Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. We're back. I'm Kelso. I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And yeah, we're here. Here we are. We done did it. We played another game. Yep. I realized that I like didn't <laughs> like I didn't have like a lead in. Um, that's fine. Well, who needs a lead in? Do we do we normally have a have a lead in? I, I feel like I feel like it's a little like I'm a little quicker on the draw to say something, but it's okay. What have y'all been up to? Um, I finished. I am officially fit. I have beaten Ring Fit Adventure. Nice. Nice. By which I mean I got to like the end credits roll. Uh, yeah, it turns that's... out actually there is post game content. So uh, I'm not finished with it, but yeah. But the, you uh, are I still think... fit, I think. I think that is what that means. Yeah. So. I think that's, I think I, you know, I should be getting my certificate in the mail. And, uh, and from now on, I'm fit and I can stop, right? Yeah. That's how yeah. that works. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, it's fun. It's been over a year, and it was like I think thirty-two hours of in-game time, something like that. Hmm. Um, which is like if you were speed running this game, you probably would not use in-game time because in-game time in this case is like literally the time when your muscles were flexed. <laughs> like yeah. they don't, they don't count like the if you're doing. You know, like a squat, they count only when your legs are bent. They don't count when you stand up again. So, I would love to see um, a speed run for this game. Like, I feel like it would have to be literally tool assisted. Like, we build little robots to flex the ring and move it around <laughs> so that we don't die. Or maybe you just have to be extremely in shape to um, to speed run ring fit. So I wonder. I wonder if you could get it a lot easier by, um, and maybe you couldn't do this with the way the sensors are, but um, by swapping what you're doing with your hands and feet. Because it's much easier to press in on the ring using your legs than it is using your arms. And it's also uh, much easier to quickly move the Joy-Con up and down with your arms than it is with your legs. Um, That's a great point. However, you can't pull the ring fit with your legs unless you like tie i guess you could like tie it to yourself somehow <laughs> um you could you could I, figure something out yeah there's not as many times you have to do pulls though like you do occasionally yeah. um but yeah i think carl i remember you like looked up the speed the speed run times at one point when we were discussing this and it was like 20 hours or something like that yeah i don't remember exactly but I know I looked it up. So people are people have attempted it, apparently. I don't know in what capacity though. Yeah, that's like the um the oh shoot, it's April and I gotta like I gotta get ready for summer season. Gotta get fit real quick. Yeah, I don't think um, working out actually works that way. I don't think you can compress all your workout into a smaller amount of time and have the same results. Yeah, probably not. But, you know. It's um, fun to also, think about. I, yeah, I'm super <laughs> curious. I'm going to have to go check out like what people do for the speedruns if they're, it's just someone who's very fit playing it. Like, the minimum amount of it. 
Um, <clears throat> I mean, if they use the in-game time, I could see if you did, like, none of the optional content and kind of, like, just went through the levels as quickly as you could, you might get, like, 20 hours on an in-game timer. Um, again, I don't think the in-game timer is a really good reflection of how long it actually takes you to beat the game. Yeah. But... Yeah. Hmm. Still. But anyway, yeah, so after you beat the game, there's, like, um... There's some challenge levels. Uh, there's, like, you know, there's a there's a hundred percenting it, because there's a lot of, like, side quest stuff that you can go back and do. Um, so I'm gonna do everything I can, and then apparently there's, like, a new game plus mode where enemies are more difficult that you can, uh, that you can also do. So... If I finish all of this, I can I can just play it again, I guess. Extra fit. Double fit. You're fit plus. Yep. Fit plus plus, baby. That's the idea. <laughs> I, the thing too. is, like, I don't think I'm actually that much more fit. Because I went to, uh, I, I had a doctor's appointment, like, roughly a year or so after I started playing. And, like, my weight's exactly the same. My blood pressure and cholesterol are exactly the same. My you know, uh, every every measurable health stat that I had is pretty much exactly the same as before I started exercising. So, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, like, have any measurement of, like, what my body muscle mass is or anything. So maybe I gained some muscle or something. But, yeah, um, eh. I feel I feel better. Like, I feel more fit and more, uh, like, active, which I guess is the good thing, the important thing. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I would say that is the important thing, definitely. Something even, at least like a, you know, resting heart rate difference slightly, but nope, nothing. Oh, well. Mm. Oh, well, yeah, what are you going to do? Um, yeah. How have y'all been? I've... I, I took a COVID shot, my second, and I got Yay. knocked out. <laughs> oh, poor oh, no. Carl. I'm glad you got your shots, though. Congrats. Yeah. Finally done. Welcome to the world of the vaccinated. For all that's well, worth you now. You still need to wait, like, a week or a oh, week yeah, and a half or something. Wait the time, yeah. And now, with Delta, people are still getting sick, but not as sick, so it does help. Yeah, not as sick if you're vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh -huh. But yeah, no, we're back to uh, mask mandates in Washington State, so. Yeah, we don't, I don't think we have anything mandated, like, on top of what we had before. Like, for a long time, it was if you're vaccinated, don't, you don't need to wear a mask. But now all of, you know, everywhere has basically switched their signage back to, uh, please wear a mask, even if you are vaccinated, please, mm -hmm. please, please. But they can't, like, force, and, like, they're... Like, they, there's no enforcement. I mean, there wasn't any enforcement before, but now there's definitely yeah. no enforcement. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just see how this, how this all works out. Ah, yeah. And hope we're ever able to, uh, like, be in public ever again. <laughs> or travel yeah. or do any of these things. I yeah. mean, here, here it's kind of depressing because, like, everyone's back to, like, how they were before COVID. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that here as well. 
And then I, I do have like travel this November that, that has already been rescheduled and we cannot reschedule it again. It's, it's my family's doing a big thing. Um, so that's going to be interesting. It's like you have for travel, you have to have proof of vaccination unless you are, well, if you're not vaccinated, you have to have like a negative COVID test within however many days. Mm. And we're, travel like it's the whole family is converging on um hawaii because this is something my mom has wanted to do for like four years um but we've got a lot of very little kids who are too young to get vaccinated so now it's like well what do we do if one of the kids it like has test positive right before then they have to have like arrangements for child care it's really hoping that uh everything goes well yeah that's, that's where Look. we're at on that yeah, yeah we were we're putting off uh rescheduling our Prague trip because it's like you know who knows when when we'll be able to just fly again and I don't want to I think my grandma's vaccinated but like I still don't want to risk you know passing anything on to her so yeah and that's the thing it's like it's not as hard to get to Hawaii because it is technically a domestic flight uh mm -hmm. so ugh. And the Hawaiian, like, state government is saying, please do not come to Hawaii, we beg you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, I saw that on, uh, on, like, Twitter, where, like, you know, Hawaii yeah. officials are saying, please don't come to Hawaii right now. Yeah, and so now, like, I feel bad, like, oh, now we're extra imposing on this state that has really, honestly, been fucked pretty hard by the united states government yep but uh you know that's uh <clears throat> that's all of a bummer i have been playing psychonauts 2 and Ooh, how is it God, it's it's so good is I'm, it? So, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so jealous so... everyone says it's so good it's and i so haven't good. downloaded it yet yeah it's like i i like the first game quite a bit i don't have i know a lot of people have like a lot of really really strong positive associations with it whether that's nostalgia or whatever um i i don't i liked it but i don't have like the the strong resonance um yeah i think I, uh, I think the first psychonauts was like a very creative game with like fairly mediocre implementation <laughs> right like it's like yeah. some some of the ideas in it are really awesome but like the difficulty curve is just all over the place mm -hmm. and like some of the like platforming stuff is incredibly frustrating yeah um and a lot of like there's there's some really really standout great levels and mm -hmm. some really really not great levels in the first yeah. game um so i mean so far in the in the sequel there's there's definitely been a couple of segments that I'm like, okay, this has outstayed its welcome, but nothing that I like got really annoyed with. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of really varied ideas. I, I like the, I just, I love the way that it's, you know, you go into all these different brains, and every brain can basically just be its own game, kind of. So there's a casino area and there's like a <laughs> there's a cooking competition show that they somehow managed to make work mostly <laughs> with with the um you know the mechanics that they have on hand it's just yeah it's a, it's 
a lot of very good ideas. And so far, I would say the implementation has been better. So, yeah. Psychonauts 2. Yeah, I'm going to get it right after this. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. This is one of those games where I might just watch a let's play. Like, I, I'm. It's weird because I'm intri- I'm like into it. I like the idea, and there's I I would probably enjoy playing it, but I feel like I don't have time in my life for like a long platformer right now. Yeah, it is pretty long, and I'm not sure how far exactly I am and how much more game I have. Um, but it definitely is like quite a bit of game. You know, uh... I don't I don't know that I would be playing it if I didn't um like playing it right right away, mm-hmm. if I didn't just still have a subscription to Game Pass because it's on Game Pass. Oh, um, fair. So that's how I've been playing it. Yeah, yeah I know uh, Sean Plot started streaming it, so if he's going to play the whole thing, maybe I'll just watch him play it. Yeah. And then the boyfriend got uh, No More Heroes 3, so he's actually playing that in the other room right now. And it's nuts, as expected. I, I know nothing about No More Heroes, so it's been pretty interesting just like being in the kitchen and hearing whatever is going on in that game. Is that the one with like Travis Touchdown or whatever his name is? Yeah, yeah, it's it's another pseudo thing. It's like it's connected to the silver case with some stuff. Some Wait, some it's connected. What? Kamui. Kamui is in No More Heroes 3, like a version of Kamui. Um yeah, they're all it's yeah, Killer Seven and No More Heroes and the Silver Case and Flower Sun and Rain, like all have I didn't think No More Heroes was connected. Yeah, it is. Um, I think it was maybe kind of an afterthought. Like, I don't know if, if the connection was initially in, like, the first game. I think that was something that maybe came in with, like, Travis Strikes Again. But yes, it is connected now, so. <laughs> and, oh and and Ev has been very into, like, the whole Sudaverse thing since he pretty recently replayed Killer7 and then immediately went and played The Silver Case. And now he won't stop talking to me about the silver case. And I'm like, I can't, like, I tell can't process. Him listen, tell him to listen I to the I can't process podcast all of his theories. Yeah. Him, just, just have him go listen to the podcast episode. Yeah, that's true. He can get mad at me for uh, rage quitting the game. <laughs> he might I want too. to replay silver case. Same. I, well, and then I don't, play the 25th Ward. I don't, I don't think I'm going to replay it. I think I'm just going to read through like a very good synopsis of it because I don't know if I can. If I I got the time quite, it's quite long. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I could maybe replay the Silver Case. Like now that I like, if I go into it with properly set expectations, maybe, yeah. uh, and that's maybe thing, I can deal with it. And that's the thing. It's like I want to I want to do the full course. So I want to play Killer7 and then the Silver Case and then do Flower, Sun, and Rain emulated, I guess. Um, they're supposed to be remaking it, but I haven't heard anything about that. Maybe now that No More Heroes 3 is out, Suda can finally work on that. Um, and then I guess I don't know where I don't know where the No More Heroes stuff fits in. And then after all of that is the 25th Ward. So, yeah. There's a lot. Is that... Uh, we were doing a little... Um like you know one of those fun things on uh one of those those fun chain chain letter memes on uh our discord which was like if any if you could have any game get a remake what game would you want to get a remake like a modern day remake so would yours be a a suda game probably not (laughs) 
<laughs> Especially since, well, hmm. Most of them are remade. However, there's the ones, there's Twilight Syndrome and Moonlight Syndrome, which are, like, I think Suda wrote them, and those are visual novels, I think, that were just never translated. And those also, like, the first scene of The Silver Case is just directly related to something that happens in Moonlight Syndrome. Like, one of the characters in the first sequence of The Silver Case is from Moonlight Syndrome. And those exist. I think Moonlight Syndrome is fully translated in Let's Play form on YouTube, which it's a visual novel, so that's really all you need. But, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should play The Silver Case and live stream it. That could be fun. Yeah. Then one of the games get like a fan translation pretty recently oh did it i don't know maybe um i don't want to type because my keyboard's really loud um i i don't know if i have a if i have a re remake does that i mean can i just pick a game that i really want to get localized that never got localized sure so there's a there's a series of games in japan called um boku no natsu yasumi which I think is like, I don't know, summer. It's something about summer, but it's basically a game about being a child in rural Japan on summer vacation. And it's like so beautiful and so whimsical. And I strongly recommend everybody go look at it. Um, if you played the DS game, um, Attack of the Friday Monsters, a Tokyo Tale, that's made by the same studio, and it's kind of like a spinoff. And that's a great underrated download-only title that I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, just very, like, whimsical and beautiful and kind of idyllic. And the, the developer is a company called Millennium Kitchen. And that's that's my pick right now. I've been thinking about that game a lot. Nice. Because I was reminded of its existence pretty recently, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that... And there's there's freaking four of them. There's four of... There's, like, four or five. And the studio also made, like, a Shin-Chan game, which is nuts. Um, yeah, and just they've never been... <laughs> they've never been, like, officially brought over. I think someone's working on a fan translation for the first one, but... Yeah, just lovely, lovely stuff. I my answer had been um, the Legend of Zelda um, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons uh, mm-hmm. duology. How dare you? They were perfect. Well, but they could get like the uh, you know how Link's Awakening got like a Switch remake. Like I could I could go for a Switch remake of those two games because I would really would not mind playing them again. You can uh, still yeah. play them. I don't, I mean, I don't have a Game Boy Color or whatever the heck it was at this point, Game Boy Advance. Um, but I, actually, the reason I picked those is only because Huck already picked the the better one um, that to get a remake, which is um, uh, Peril World. Um, because Peril World was an old RTS um, about people who just get like uh sucked into like some kind of like lost world style i don't remember if it was the past or an alternate dimension or what but someplace where there's dinosaurs and then it's like an rts with dinosaur units um I'm, so there's I'm looking like at this and it looks 
amazing. Yeah, there's like uh, one of the units is like a, a wagon with a catapult that fires little velociraptors at things. There's like a pterodactyl guided missile. There's like uh, each of the factions gets like one big giant dinosaur unit. So there's like um, there's like a mobile tank that's basically like a brontosaurus where you can put like archer units on its back and stuff. It's fucking fantastic. Um, the the only problem is that like it's not very well balanced. <laughs> like there's clearly like a really good faction, a medium faction, and a not very good faction. <laughs> um, so if it could be like remade for modern systems and like you know rebalanced, just get that last little bit of polish uh, into it. Um. I remember it having some kind of, like, cool systems in it, too. Like, they basically took, like, whatever their favorite systems were from other RTSs and just included them in this game. So I remember there's, like, a there's like a fun rank-up system where, like, you can level up your units into better units. And the way the units level up is, like, different depending on which faction you're in. Um, uh, the Dust Riders are the best faction, by the way. They're the ones that can, like, build walls. Like, they have, like, really good palisades, and uh, they level up by, uh, like, kill count, I think. I um, feel like the, the balance issues were pretty prevalent amongst, like, the, I don't want to say, like, I guess, like, the the non-Blizzard, like, B-tier um, RTSs. Yes. Like, yeah. the, like, with impossible creatures as well. Yeah. Um, which is, it's funny because actually like Blizzard, it, I used to think that I really didn't like RTSs, uh, but it turns out it's just Blizzard RTSs that I really don't like. So I don't oh, know, I don't know what it, because I never like, I bounced off of StarCraft, I bounced off of WarCraft, but I really liked Paraworld, I really liked Impossible Creatures. Um, there was like at least one or two others that I, oh, I really liked um, Age of Myth. Like... Mm -hmm. So something about Blizzard RTSs just does not click with me, and I don't really know what it is. Interesting. I wonder, well, I don't know. I was going to say maybe just, like, the the general culture surrounding them of this is not a game, this is a, like, a big thing that you have to devote a bunch of time to to yeah. be really good at, but I don't, maybe not. Maybe. I mean, I only play the single-player campaigns for all of these anyway. That's true. Oh. Um are people even making RTS? Like, I don't play a lot of RTS games, so I don't know. I'm not really in that scene. But are people really making RTS games anymore? Or is it all just, like, retro FPS games now? So, I, I, Huck and I actually had this conversation yesterday. Because he's oh, wow. like, he's like, there will never be another StarCraft 2 because, like, nobody's making RTSs anymore. And I'm like, that can't be true. Um, so I went, like, looked on Steam at the RTS tag, and, and people are still making RTSs. They're mostly, like, you know, smaller indie companies, um, and, and or, like, there's, there's a lot of, like, RTS light type stuff for mobile, I guess? Well, I guess that makes sense, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, like, not what you kind of think of when you hear RTS, but, like, <laughs> more slower... Like turn-based RTSs. That makes yeah. sense. And so, Company Company of Heroes Two is releasing, I guess. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, there were there were like a, a couple of names in that list that I recognize. And I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I think this is just one of those, like, it's it's waiting on a genre trend, right? Like, it's waiting for in five, ten years, suddenly there's going to be a rash of RTSs for everybody. Just like yeah. there was a rash of, like, turn-based strategy games recently. Yeah, or like the current rash of, um, of like, retro-style first-person shooters. Yeah. There was an adventure game boom for a little bit. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it, it just needs to to come up again on the genre rotation. Yeah, for, gotta wait for, for it to come back around. Yeah. For people to have not made one in a while and everybody go, you know what I really miss? RTSs. I haven't played an RTS in a while. We should make an RTS. Yeah, well, I feel like what you really gotta do is you gotta wait for one person to say that. You gotta wait for a bunch of people to say that. Then one of them makes one that's really good. Mm-hmm. And really popular, and then everybody follows suit. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, artists also have a big problem where they're often very demanding for the players. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Huck's theory was that um, n- none of them can get greenlit for like a big budget these days because uh, you can't really do them on console. They're pretty much like a PC control scheme only. I mean, uh, Halo Wars was a big game yeah so i mean like that that definitely has some like mixed truth to it but uh um yeah so his thought is like you know if you can't pitch it as like a a console and pc simul release you can't do anything as big big budget these days yeah. which is like medium truth i think yeah i would i would agree mostly with that I guess StarCraft was on the N64. <laughs> if, we, yeah. if you want to count that. Um, I don't want to count that. I don't, yeah, I don't think we need to count that. That's fine. But it's there. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of what, what else would I've been your, doing, What but... would your big remake game be? Um, I don't know. The only thing, game that popped up in my head was Knights of the Old Republic. And I'm kind of a Star Wars hater, but I still really like that game. What about that game, but completely rebranded as something else? I don't mind that it's Star Wars. No? Um, Okay. (laughs) I I don't hate Star Wars out of principle. I just don't like it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's old. The, um, what's the... The uh, the recent series of Star Wars games, the Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, Ev played those and he liked them a lot. And he's also, well, how do I, how do I describe his like relationship with Star Wars? He really likes all of the extended universe stuff that has kind of been purged from the canon, um, and and hates all of the films. Um, but we also like the Mandalorian, so that's. That's just because we kind of like John Favreau, um, but he, yeah, he really liked the Fallen Order games. I don't know if I haven't played them, but eh, that might be a good, a good like Star Wars fun game itch scratch. I don't but think yeah, I've ever played Republic. a Star Wars game of any kind. That's the Old Republic is really fun. I liked it a lot as well. I remember playing a lot of those games when I was in like middle school and high school. So. Yeah, I feel like that could be a good candidate for uh, my streaming show where I play nostalgic games very slowly and badly. 
It could, yeah, it could be. It could be. It's I very kind of, long. It's yes. very long. It's super long. I kind of discontinued that a little bit, but like I could get back on that horse for a game or two. Like Kotor play like I don't know original Halo or something. I'm trying to think of what other what other like nostalgic games I would suggest for that, but not my stream. It's your stream. <laughs> uh, oh my god! I just realized. Sorry, this is complete. I just realized that my leggings are on inside out because my pockets are upside down. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um. All right. Shall we? Should we talk about the game that we played for this week? I, I guess. <laughs> I guess we can do that. Let's yeah. do that. Uh. So we played a game called a Minute of Islands. Uh. By Studio Fizbin. Um. Published by Mixed Vision Games. Um. So the story of this game is that I. I guess not the story of the actual game, but like the backstory of how we got to this game, is uh. Way back when Wintermore was at uh, PAX at the Indie Mega Booth, uh, Minute of Islands was also there. And I, you know, I was running around a lot that weekend and, you know, like doing all kinds of stuff. So I didn't get a chance to like see it in depth, but I kind of saw it like, you know, just a, a snatch here and there of the gameplay and um, kind of, you know, like heard the person sort of giving their spiel on it like, oh, you know, it's a puzzle platformer game where there's a bunch of different islands and, you know, you go to each island and do a little bit of puzzling there. And I'm like, okay, sounds like this could be fun. And I like, I really dig the art style. So, you know, let me pick up a little, like one of their little postcard, you know, flyer reminder things and, and I'll, maybe I'll check it out. Uh, and then I entirely forgot about it uh, until I was watching a Let's Play on YouTube of a game called Say No More which is a like really short, really cute humor game um, about being learning to be more assertive. Um, and it was very cute and very funny, but I believe it's made by the same studio or at least one of the same people because there's a like random character that um, says something about like, hey, do you want to talk to me about video games? And you can just say no and move on, but you can also like sit and listen to them uh, talk about video games. And they start talking about Minute of Islands. They're like, hey, you know, there's this really cute game about this, like, girl. And she's, you know, like, trying to save these giants. And it's called Minute of Islands. And you should really check it out. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, yeah, that game. We should maybe, like, try out that game. Uh, and so here we are. Uh, I don't know what exactly I was expecting <laughs> out of this game, but this game was not what I was expecting it to be. Yeah, um, I think, like, when you look at the art, and I will say, this I will say, the art is lovely, very, very good and detailed, and the kind of stuff that I like to look at. I was not expecting just how, uh, like, dour the entire experience was it's bleak <laughs> as heck gosh and like relentlessly so like there there isn't really even any reprieve to it like there might be the occasional like one-off throwaway visual gag but god it's just assaultingly sad the whole time through um I mean, definitely, definitely, like, a, a an artistic statement, for sure. 
Yeah, and it it does have a theme. They kind of ruin it a little bit by having a uh, a section at the end where they just explicitly state the theme to you and narrate it in like voiceover. Where I'm like, you didn't need to do that. Like, I I got it. I was picking it up just fine. But they like they do try and have kind of a point they're trying to make at least. Because yeah. if there's one thing I really hate in games, it's like just misery for misery's sake with no greater point to it. Uh, and at least this game is like trying to make a point, which is that like, <clears throat> like ex what they say explicitly is no man is an island. Um, like the point of it is that, you know, one person can't try and fix all the things all by themselves with no help from anyone and like you shouldn't try like you need to, you need to like turn to others for help and uh <clears throat> and like that's a good message and if you think of every if you think of the whole game in terms of just that metaphor it's like it's slightly more bearable <laughs> but like it is a game about one person trying to solve everything by themselves in a like completely hopeless situation where they cannot do so. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. So also like in terms of expectations, like A, it the art style is very reminiscent of Adventure Time, which is itself actually kind of a bleak post-apocalyptic show, but at least it's like it covers it up by being like very humorous most of the time. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> you don't feel the bleakness of the apocalypse. Uh, that like that's just in the background. This is like what if the entire what if Adventure Time was just about that apocalypse with no jokes in it? Yeah, um, and I think the other the other big part of this for me is that like everything was very slow which i don't mind as you know as a as a decision made and it seems like this was you know a deliberate decision um everything was really slow to move and to interact with things um which really you know it makes you sit in the moment and experience it and even like sort of contemplate it at times um but man there were a lot of moments that I really didn't want to see that animation again. Um, yeah. So this is why I consider this as most ruined. Yeah. <laughs> because there's so many times the game takes away controls or like the animations are just like too long. Yeah. And you just have to sit back and let the game play out for like the next minute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, I put down my controller a couple of times. Yep. Same. Where I, like, just took my hands off the keyboard and, like, leaned back in my chair. And I'm like, well, guess I'm just going to be watching this for a little bit. Yeah. Um, what else? It also, yeah, it, I, I think it didn't, um, it didn't help its case that the, the gameplay loop was really repetitive. Yeah, um, I was going to say, like, the other way it didn't live up to expectations is, like... It, if it, it calls itself a puzzle platformer, there's really not much in the way of puzzles or platforming in it. Yeah. Yeah. In that sense, it kind of reminds me of Gris. In Interesting. Somewhat. Gris had a lot more puzzles than this, I feel like. Yeah, but they were like a minimum amount. Yeah, it, they were, it was a lot simpler for sure. Uh, it's, it does feel a lot more like walking simulatory, And it's 
it like it the the problem is that also like it's really lush and visually beautiful but sometimes that makes it very difficult to tell like what parts of the ground you can and cannot stand on yeah. and like where on oh, the screen yes. you can transition between vertical planes and like that's your only mechanic in a game like this. Like that's what you spend like 95% of your time doing is walking through these landscapes. And like, so that is a big flaw. Yes, I agree 100% with that. I had the exact same, the exact Frank same issue slash platforms. Yeah. Yes. And they, yeah, and they do, jumping. yeah, they do try and uh, like, alleviate that a little bit by putting like a little white paint thing on the edge of ledges that you can climb up which does help um but it it doesn't quite help enough to completely fix it mm -hmm. <laughs> Isn't there hmm? um it's uh like it, there's also like you know there there are a lot of places where you go to the edge of a ledge and you like you're stopped by geometry and then there's a lot of places where you go to the edge of a ledge and then you just fall off it to a lower ledge you're like yeah. well dang it now i gotta climb that again yeah i mostly avoided um taking the chance after after falling off a couple couple too many times yeah, yeah. i was i was really like uh, after i'd gotten all the memories on the first island i was really determined to do like a hundred percent memory completion so i was like exploring all the nooks and crannies so i fell off a lot of ledges mm -hmm. i guess i should go back i think i missed like got maybe like five memories tops mm -hmm. and most of those were in the um the underground segments yeah the underground segment memories are weird but we should probably like back up and kind of give the the basic outline of the game first yes fair valid um so the premise of the game is that you are Mo, um, who is a young girl who has been chosen by this uh, set of four giants. And I will say, like, the world building aesthetics on this are, like, pretty damn cool. Like, there's these these four giants are kind of, like, embedded in this weird, like, organic machine that where there's, like the doors from one place to another are like you know slidey star trek doors but they're also like membranes like, yeah membranes and like yeah. it, like heart valves and like all of the the like power cords are veins and it's like it's this really cool like techno organic like slightly disturbing thing um yeah, yeah. and and the idea is that there's these four giants and they're like each turning a crank that powers this machine and the machine is responsible for keeping at bay um they're, they're basically like keeping the air clean because there's this horrible like fungal spores uh have descended uh, on the environment and they uh they like land on you and they grow in you and they like first they give you hallucinations and then eventually they like grow in your lungs and they just kill you and, and basically eat you slowly yeah. slowly yeah yeah they basically eat you like alive until you're not alive and then they continue to eat you dead um yep. and so you are like you've been given this staff that lets you like control the power flow to this machine so like there's some backup energy um so when you wake up one day and 
all of the giants have stopped, like, turning, you have enough backup power to, like, go and turn on the, like, air purifiers so the giants can breathe properly and then, like, go and, and wake them up and get them to start uh, turning the cranks again. So that's your mission as this little girl is to go and find, uh, like, all of the air purifiers on all these islands and turn them on. Um, and then, you know, wake up, go, go into each of the giants, like underground machine areas, uh, and wake them back up. <clears throat> and, uh, your character is not very likable. Uh, mm -hmm. she's, she's convinced that like, she's the chosen one and therefore she has to be a martyr and has to do everything herself and she has to fix this and she doesn't have time for anyone else's help. Um, it's just her, you know, she's the only one that stands between, like, the fungus and, quote-unquote, the rest of the world. Although, like, it's very, it's, like, intentionally ambiguous how much um, this, like, how localized this apocalypse is. Um, because it, yeah. seems, it seems like it's killed pretty much everyone on these islands with the exception of, like members of your family and a few like handful of others everyone has either died or left and it's unclear like what good leaving will do maybe the spores are only on these islands and you leave and you get out from under them and it's fine or maybe this is widespread and everyone just died out on the ocean somewhere yeah and it's it's also unclear as to like how much world exists outside of this small archipelago of islands. It's, yeah. you know, uh, I think, I think, well, they say a bunch of people left and I know there's the, um, your sort of rival character who's building an arc. It's unclear if there was a previous like arc there. They mentioned like the great exodus, I think is what they call it, where, you know, the people who could leave left or the people yeah. who could, or who wanted to leave left. Um, but it's unclear if that was, like, they just took their own boats and left, or if there was a big, you know, a, an arc that was previously constructed for them to all kind of... Yeah, and they explicitly on. mentioned that Mo does not know how many people left versus how many people died, right? Like, mm -hmm. she was underground at the time or something, and or unconscious, or I forget. Um, <clears throat> and so she doesn't know how many people actually got away versus how many people stayed. Her family stayed mostly because she was staying and they didn't want to abandon her on these islands. Mm -hmm. But it's it's also clear that the the giants, although like they're they're very long lived, they've lived for like centuries, but you see corpses of giant beings all around the place. So they are not immortal beings. So eventually yeah. No matter how good a job she does, they are going to die and the fungus is going to take over. Like, it's only a matter of time. I think they even say it explicitly in one section. Like, they live a long time, but they're not immortal. I think it's when they're talking about the oldest brother, who yeah. is the oldest by, like, a matter of centuries. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, it's like... Uh, speaking of the of Mo being... um. Uh, unlikable she has not only does she have a lot of contempt for her own family but she has a lot of contempt for the giants as well yeah <laughs> like um the the first the first brother let me um um safan safan yeah um she like you know when she finds out that he's stopped 
turning his crank, she's like, oh, he was always the weakest, but we need to get him back on anyway. Yeah, like, I'll fix his mess. You yeah, know? <laughs> she's always talking about, like, we. I need to, like, clean up after their mess. They've screwed it up and I need to fix them, or fix things for them. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you should maybe have a, well, I mean, no, don't have a little more gratitude because of this um, un- unthinkable burden that has been placed upon someone who is ostensibly quite young. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know if I would want to tempt the only thing that comes close to approaching a god uh, in in this setting yeah. by just constantly shit-talking them, but, eh, yeah. You know. Yeah, and uh, like a lot of her family members. So as you go to these various islands, you meet a lot of like her family members, and then like the one or two other survivors that are there, and they all tell that pretty much all of them tell Mo like, "Hey, like slow down for a second, like you know, just like sit with me, like have dinner with me, have a drink with me, like you know, s- stop worrying constantly. Like this doesn't need to all be on you. Like let me help. Like." like just relax like we can you know you're you're taking on too much and like she does not listen to fucking any of them she like obeys her grandmother because she's used to just like her grandmother's word is law and she feels like she can't say no to her grandmother um and that's where the title of the game comes from is like uh the minute of islands is like the one minute she spends like resting and actually enjoying the clean air that she created and and you know enjoying the the world around her and appreciating it before she puts herself back on this impossible task mm-hmm. um which is sad as heck um but sure yeah there's even there's even like a, a there's a really strong element of martyrdom as well in that um i don't think your sister wears a gas mask but like your your uncle has a gas mask and every like you know she's she makes a big deal out of you know everybody who has to go outside has to wear a gas mask but she doesn't she just has like her scarf kind of wrapped around her face and when it's commented on it's like yeah you shouldn't shouldn't be doing that but it's it's a it just seems like hubris for the sake of making yourself a martyr basically yeah pretty much um, and she's she's been through the the like clouds of spores so often that she's just used to hallucinating and like that's it's like maybe you should be you know as as we were just talking about mask mandates like (laughs) maybe you should be wearing your mask honey you're telling everyone else to do it yeah absolutely like literally it costs you nothing to be wearing this mask yeah yeah wow how how appropriate (laughs) yeah very prescient. Yes. Um, yeah. That and like, so... Like, the, I think the first... Maybe not the, the first island that you go to is the one that your uncle is on, and your uncle has his, like... He runs the theme park of the islands. And I ran the, it back in the old yeah, days. Yeah, ran it back in the days when there were still children around. Um, and he grows sea berries and makes wine and um, distills the wine into, like, some kind of some kind of hard liquor but yeah like the first time you see your uncle he's trying to fix the air purifier and she's just like god i need him to leave because he's probably gonna fuck it up and break the machine Ugh. yeah um, <laughs> like, Jesus, calm down yeah and there's a there's a part where he asks you to like go get him like a bottle of wine for you two to share 
And I was I was kind of like excited about that. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be one of those like, um, you know, like if this is going to be an optional thing and like the game is going to change based on like how much I choose to like do. Because they in, already in the beginning, they make it very clear that like this is your mission. This is very important to you and your character like. You you know, you are playing a character who cares about this a lot. So I'm like, oh, they're going to do something where, like, I have a choice between driving forward for the mission versus, like, you know, relaxing and spending some time with people. And, you know, the dichotomy of, like, duty versus, like, enjoying life. Uh, but no, you, like, you just immediately, you pick up the wine and the character immediately puts it away and says, like, I don't have time for this shit, basically. <laughs> and it's like, oh. Oh, I thought that was going to be a choice. Okay. Yeah, I was disappointed that I didn't get to go back and do that. And it's the same with your sister. You meet your sister and she's... Your relationship is clearly very strained um, mm -hmm. because of your devotion to your cause. And she says, I think the first thing she says is like, well, maybe not the first thing, but you, you talk to her. She invites you in for stew, whatever. And then she, you turn her down and she says, you know, if you leave... I won't be here when you come back. I've said it a lot of times, but this time I mean it. And she spends, like, Mo, you know, has to go to another island to turn on another air purifier. And her whole internal monologue that whole time is like, oh, yeah, she said that a million times. And when I go back to go back to the farm, there's going to be stew and it's going to be great. Uh, and that is not, <laughs> not how it shakes out. Yeah. The most obvious, like, foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, um, I spend the. You know what this reminded me of in certain ways uh, was the game Catherine. I know it's very, very not similar to Catherine, but in the in the way that you spend a lot of the time just yelling at the main character, going like, "What are you doing? No, no, like, okay, listen, you need to make better decisions. <laughs> like, yeah. can I help you make better decisions? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, please let me drive for real, God." Yeah. Yeah. I will say the one the one completely pointless thing I did and I played this on the Switch so I don't know if there are like if there was maybe an achievement for this but you I don't remember which island it is but it's the island with the lighthouse. I um, think I know what you're going to say and it's the one fucking achievement I missed but go on. Oh, okay. And you you take the key from the lighthouse keeper because you need to climb the lighthouse for I think there's a I think there's a purifier up there. I don't remember. You gotta climb the lighthouse because that is an objective. You take the key from the lighthouse keeper and it gives you the option to put the key back. So I went, unlocked the gate, did the lighthouse thing, went all the way back down, went all the way back across the island and gave him the key back. And it yeah. didn't it doesn't do anything, but I guess there is an achievement. So yeah, that there's an there is an achievement called No Thief. And I when I took that key, I thought to myself, I should come back and return this, see if I can return this after I've done all the, the stuff on this island, because it feels weird to be just taking it. And then I forgot, and it was the only achievement I didn't fucking get, and I was so mad. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah, and I, I did it because I was hoping to, like, maybe just get another little bit of dialogue, but nope. Yeah. And I just took the key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Carl just didn't care. Yeah, it's it's it is funny to me though that it railroads you through um possibly making any attempt at reconciling with your family uh and it doesn't do the same thing here with 
the lighthouse keeper it just, yeah. just lets you go and give him back his key um yeah you know not important uh, but funny yeah so you go to the first island there's your uncle and he's uh yeah he used to be in charge of this uh this um i don't know place uh the the theme park and uh he um tries to get you to stop for some wine you ignore him you go to the second island that's where your sister is and she like raises animals there's an achievement for finding one of her lost chickens um and like herding it back uh and she um hold on i just thought of something i have to remember later uh so she you know tries to get you to stop and like have some stew with her uh and you pretty much ignore that um the third one the third set of islands is your grandmother and she wants you to take um these like funeral dolls to the um to like the family crypt um because as it turns out like it's too dangerous to go mourn at people's graves because the fungus like completely overgrows it so instead when people die they make these like little effigies of them to keep around and use for mourning uh and then when you're like done with your mourning you officially go and lay them at the grave so that takes you to the like fungus gravesite which is possibly like the most beautiful location in the entire game yes I also, love that space. Can we talk yeah. about how unreasonable her request is? Yeah. Like, go to this, like, poor infected place oh. to place an effigy. Yes, yeah. however, it is definitely just a cautionary tale, because you find out that the funeral dolls are Miri and Mo, and she's, like, waiting for you to die because you're so fucking stupid and headstrong. Yeah, she's trying to teach you a lesson here. Yeah. Um, I, can, I can get down on it. Yeah. Yeah, and the 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 spore uh the spore tomb also has like a lot of the backstory about sort of like what your like how this all came together and how everybody left and it's just your family there trying to like you know keep you company basically and um you know a little bit more about the history with the giants and things like that. Um I think that that space to me is like like to me that was worth playing the game for was like going through that space because like i really appreciated the world building stuff and that was like a big world building hub and it's just so pretty um and it also has a puzzle that i got stuck on because i wasn't paying attention <laughs> um, i got stuck on the same puzzle as well i was pretty sure that like i could solve the puzzle from just the like main uh, mechanical machine in the begin in the center of the space, but actually you have to go around the space and look at things in the environment to to solve it. Um, yeah. So I spent way too long fiddling with the machine trying to figure it out before going out and looking elsewhere. Yeah, I had the exact same experience. Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... They they at least at at the very least, and I will give them this: the puzzle space is designed such that there is no like, the obvious solution, which is, like, there's a bunch of these, like, half circles, and the, like, intuitive solution is, oh, I have to line them up so that the ones with different patterns match. So, like, the one with a circle in it matches the one with a circle in it. 
and the one that's plain matches the one that's plain, and the one that's hatches matches, you know, one with hatches. To their credit, there is no way to achieve that solution. Like, that's an impossible state for the machine to be in. And if you spend a little bit of time examining the machine and really thinking it through, that becomes obvious. Um, so at that point, you know that it has to be something else. And, like, that encourages you to go elsewhere. So yes. at least you're not going to be, like, permanently stuck at that machine. Yeah. yeah. I tried fiddling with it. Then I went top right. And that that's the single door that doesn't have an, a marker. That's true. So I didn't... <laughs> understand it for a while and then i went around and saw yeah. another door and they're all like really cool spaces the reason why it's so like visually cool is that it's just completely overgrown with like a bunch of different like colors and shapes of fungus and it's like this beautiful like eden like garden that it's it's kind of like a like in in a kind of like metaphorical like um, evocative sense. It's a very cool space because it looks like this beautiful, peaceful, natural garden, and yet, like everything in it is a hundred percent poison. <laughs> like it's the, like the most deadly space you can be in the entire game. Yeah, <clears throat> it is interesting to me that uh, they they make you give up the your your Omni Switch, saying that like the the gods have no power here or it was like this yeah. place doesn't welcome like the technology of the gods or something like that i don't yeah, it was... the, yeah the tools the tools of the giants or whatever have no place here or something like that right or the, they're the giants something. which seems like a, a a weird prohibition to put on uh a like mausoleum type place especially when there is only one omni switch that anyone could ever possibly have but yeah, I, it's it makes really, sense from a gameplay. gameplay I was thing. really nervous about does leaving it? it outside. I was afraid someone was going to steal it while I was in there. Does it make sense from a gameplay perspective? Actually, I guess it doesn't because there's nothing like, for you to interact with in there. With yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense in the fact that um, from a gameplay perspective, one really cool feature that the staff has that I really appreciate and I feel like more adventure type games should or action type games should have this mechanic is at any point you can lift the staff up and it points in the direction of your next goal um mm -hmm. which is like really handy like that's a good feature i appreciate that um but like diegetically it's like pointing to other machine tech right like it's pointing to where the next purifier is or where the next giant is like it's it's pointing to part of the big machine so if you used it in the in the tomb, it would either have to point to something in the tomb, which wouldn't make sense narratively, um, because like that it's not the next goal on your giant's quest, uh, or it would have to point just to the entrance of the tomb, in which case it would be absolutely useless mechanically. Um, so that I, could be a reason why they took it out, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it points towards your sister at one point. Yeah, like, it's it's definitely not... <laughs> like, it's certainly not an ironclad reasoning. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, it's, it's a little bit... I think it's most, mostly just for, like, mood setting. <laughs> Where they're like... You know, they want to they wanna make... They want to evoke a certain, like, holiness to this space, and... Um, you know, the, emphasize the fact that this is 
you, you doing this task is taking you away from the mission you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, the fact that it's, you know, it's not the thing you're supposed to be doing, but it's such a beautiful space. That's like a pleasure to be in is kind of, you know, I think underscores some of the themes of the game, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I was convinced it would be gone when I got back or broken or something. And I'd have to go on a side quest to, like, retrieve it. But no, it's there. It's fine. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, then then the last island. Uh, so, so the first two... Um, the first two uh, giants you get to are, like, breathing hard. And they're kind of difficult to wake up. Uh, but, you, you know, you get them up. The third giant you get to on the Grandmother's Island is not breathing. It's like, looks, seems like it's been dead for a little bit. And you have to try like two or three times to restart the giant. It's, it's implied to be kind of like a, you know, um, what are they called? It's not an EKG, is it? What are those little like, electric... like the paddles? Yeah, the, paddles? the electric paddles. Yeah. I forget what they're, I forget what they're actually called. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Those defibrillators. Little, like, defibrillator. Yeah. So like the little defibrillator thing that where you're like trying to restart the giant's heart or something it, like it, it feels like that. Um, yeah. And after a few tries, you do manage to wake it up. But the game kind of like tells you like, oh, like this is a bad sign for the last giant, because if he's also already dead, you are not going to be able to get to him in time to wake him back up. Um, so. And during then, that time, like the narrator changes to like just be angry about everything. Yeah, the the <clears throat> the narrator is interesting. Um, there's no dialogue in the game; it's all just like voiceover uh, about Mo and the things that she and people around her are saying. Um, and it's kind of like it gives it a really interesting sort of storybook feel to it. But, like, a lot of times the, the, the narrator is very much, like, on Mo's side for most of the game. Um, it's sort of from her perspective, except in the giant layers. The hidden memories in the giant layers are all the narrator voice, but it's kind of implied to be maybe Mo's, like, internal doubts, like, chastising her. Like, oh, you know, nothing can live underground. Like, you know, you're... You're slowly dying down here or, um, oh, you know, you think you can save everyone? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, the giants are going to die someday and, you know, like, all of these, like, horrible things. And, yeah, around the transition from the third to fourth island, the it starts to be more the voice of Moe's doubts and less the voice of, like, Moe's, <laughs> like, intentions and, and duty. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a problem with the fourth island, and that's that uh, it's it's a very shipwreck heavy, and so it's very hard to navigate, and the waters around it keep changing because there keep being, like, new shipwrecks with horrible jutting metal that's going to, uh, you know, destroy your boat. So you need to get a map of it, and the only person who's mapped it is this, like, your sort of rival girl who's building an ark because she wants everybody to fucking leave the area. And Mo considers this an insult because, like, by trying to leave, you're implying that, like, she's not good enough at doing her job, uh, keeping everybody safe. Even though clearly this region is dying and everybody needs to get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. 
Um, like, even if, you know, even if it's not better elsewhere, there's at least a chance of it being better elsewhere, and it's not going to get better here. So, um, she has a chart of that island, um, but she doesn't want to give it to you because she thinks that your mission is dumb and you should be leaving with her and everybody else. So you have to take it from her by force. Um, which you do by whacking her on the back of the head with your Omni switch, which breaks the Omni switch. So now you are going to an island that's always changing, assuming the giant might already be dead, with an Omni switch that doesn't work, so there's nothing you can do even if you get there. And you're going to hell because you attacked a girl. Yeah. Yeah, there's that too. You've got that on your conscience now. Um, yeah. And the, this, this, you know, and the island is full of spores because it is because you know the air purifiers are down. Uh, also, the island is flooding, and when you get there, you realize the air purifiers are mostly underwater anyway. So it's like it's pretty utterly hopeless on multiple fronts, uh, and yet you still you still go through it. You have one of the like. More disturbing hallucinations in the game. There are a lot of hallucination dreams in the game, and some of them are kind of like peaceful and kind of just a little weird. Uh, there's one with a, some garden eels that I find is kind of hilarious. Yeah, um, they're cool. yeah, they're they're giant and ominous. Those are the eels that like. There's a bunch of them usually in places, and they stick their little heads up out of the sand, and then you come by, and they all like shrink back down. So they're like tree-sized in this and as you pass by them they like shrink in and out of the environment and it's really cool mm -hmm. um, but this one's like you're on like a big rotting pile of like shark carcasses and stuff and some of it's I think real and some of it's just like weird hallucination and it's getting hard to tell the difference and yeah it's an upsetting place yeah definitely one of the more effective settings although I will say so in between when you go to the islands and you um, fix the air purifiers, then between those sections you're going underground to, um, you know, reroute power so that you can wake wake up the giants. And, man, I, like, I said I liked the art, and it's not just because it looks nice, but it it, it is really, really effective at, like, sort of evoking the setting. And I found being underground pretty much at all times to just be, like, absolutely abhorrent. Like, my yeah. overall reaction was just revulsion, and I wanted to leave. <laughs> I really, really yeah. wanted to leave those sections. Just, bleh, icky. <laughs> yeah, they do a good job of the, like, biotech, like, Cronenbergian kind of, like, body mm -hmm. horror stuff going on in yeah. there is, is very strong. So, I mean, good good job. I didn't enjoy playing this game, but it did a lot of good stuff in terms it of... It was effective in many ways. It was effective, yes. Um, it does what it sets out to do for... <laughs> yeah. Um, uh... Yeah, so you, needless to say, you fail to wake the giant on the last island. You have, like, a hallucination about the giant being, like, uh, completely underwater already. Um, and he probably is, because, like, the island has flooded pretty badly. Um, and, yeah, then you have your, like, moment of despair, 
where you like realize that like this is it this is the end there's nothing more you can do and you just kind of break down and then you finally like come to realize like shit maybe i can't just do everything and save the world by myself uh and maybe like maybe i do have to abandon this like hopeless you know quest and you leave the broken omni switch behind and you go to the ark and everybody leaves thank god yep and that's the end of the game just y'all yeah. leave it's a little bit ambiguous like before the credits but at the after the credits there's just like a quick post scene of you and your sister on the deck of the ark so like the implication is that you did leave thank goodness and that you know maybe there is some hope for your familial ties as well yeah, yeah. you maybe you can fix things now that you have like finally given up trying to fix everything on your own mm -hmm. yeah so again like good good game like they didn't need to have when you're in your like lowest point moment and Mo's having her realization the narration goes on like a whole like here were the themes of the game did you get it did you get that this is the themes that you can't do stuff all on your own are you good okay got it and I'm like yeah I, I had that you, you didn't need to, to tell me yeah I actually I completely forgot about that bit of voiceover so yeah um yeah it was like the one moment in the in the game where i kind of just like rolled my eyes really hard <laughs> like it sort of broke immersion for me but yeah but i, so, I mean I, it's fine i get it but... i guess yeah i know maybe a lot of people are not as into like reading media um yeah although i don't know i feel like if you pick up a game like this yeah you you like have to have some idea like i wasn't expecting this to be you know a fun lighthearted, fast-paced platformer um and it wasn't and it was definitely more bleak than i was expecting but i was you know i i knew i was getting into like we've got themes here and we're gonna we're gonna work work with those themes yeah. um but yeah, yeah all that was a little yeah. it doesn't help that it looks like Adventure Time, I think. It, yeah. It but I, I can't hold it against the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that, like, that was just, like, you know, an art style they liked and they didn't, like, intend to imply anything by it. But uh, it's just an unfortunate coincidence that it looks <laughs> like a game that people associate with, like, a fun humor show. Yeah. Let's see. Carl, did you start to say something else there? Um, I think like the title image or whatever it's called also doesn't help. Yeah. Because it I, also looks a lot like Adventure Time. Especially because they chose to have like the there's it's a the, the main picture is a triumphant image of like a small child and their animal companion in like you know in the striking this hero pose in the front and like that is the like what the Adventure Time like posters you know promo image looks like mm -hmm. uh and it's really misleading because that you know uh mascot like character the like animal companion is like basically a non-character in the game <laughs> like it shows up on your boat 
and it's there a couple times, and then it, like, pulls you out of the water when you're hallucinating once towards the end. But you, like, you never name it. You never have a, like, fun, positive interaction with it. It's it's implied that it's, like, a predator on the boat that she's, like, kind of wary of and doesn't want to mess with in case, like, it would injure her and she has more important shit to do right now. Um, I, think, I think there's even a bit of, like... um a bit of dialogue saying like oh this this like sick weak animal is on my boat and i can't deal with it right now but maybe it'll just die like yeah. <laughs> something like that like when you first find it like the yeah the closest thing you have to a moment is like at the very end you put down your omni staff and you just are overcome and you're like on the fucking ground sobbing in the animal because of animals having uh, lots and lots of empathy and intuition comes and like curls up next to you, which is very sweet. Yeah, it's very um, sweet, but it would have been nice if you'd established a relationship with this animal prior to that point, because like it, it lacks yeah. the emotional depth at this point because you have no relationship. Yeah, it like I, I could see that they're, you know, over the course of the game, when the animal's just kind of in your boat doing its thing, you're kind of trying to establish like they've sort of settled into a uh like a type of companionship where they just kind of are in each other's company but they don't really like a companionship but not a relationship i guess i would say um uh, like but, just have mo throw like some of her leftover food to it or something or, right like yeah. she, she doesn't need to take a lot of time like cozying up to it like that's not in character with her but that doesn't mean that like they couldn't have some kind yeah. of friendly interaction. You can even or, just have another uh, opposite. Just make her like be angry at the pet. And yeah. Yeah. Or, or even have like a, a bit of like even just another bit of dialogue that's like, well, the animal didn't die and it's here now. And I guess I don't hate it. So I'm not going to like get rid of it. You know, <laughs> like even yeah. just acknowledge it beyond that first bit. Um, I think the first I, thing she says is that it smells really bad. Like, okay. Yeah, I compared like that scene to like the end of Necrobarista, where like this game is super sad. Necrobarista is like super happy, but Necrobarista scene made me cry. This yeah. did not. Yeah. yeah, because I had relations to those characters. Yeah, you care exactly. about them. <laughs> exactly. It's there. There is yeah the characters are established in such a way that they actually are important yeah and and you want like with those characters you want to spend more time with them like with these characters like you don't even like mo that much she's kind of a jerk yeah yeah <clears throat> and and incredibly arrogant mhm mm um yeah like I, it's a cute critter like it's designed to be basically an axolotl but a fuzzy puppy version so like sure like that's a recipe for cute animal sidekick yeah but... i like there there are a lot of <clears throat> just cool like animals around there's like yeah. the weird rabbit things the the chickens that your sister raises are like um I forget what they're called. They're like some kind of silky chicken with that have like just really big poofy feathers and like pants yeah. And it looks like they've got long hair. I like them a lot. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. Um, and is there one of the chickens on the boat at the end as well? I think there's some of the chickens are on the boat. I, I don't remember, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I like, and she's like one of the few people who can like keep plants and animals alive still, <laughs> despite mm -hmm. everything. Uh, Mary's kind of a an interesting character. Mary uh, who lost her arm to the fungus and retaught herself how to play cello with like a prosthetic that she, with yeah with with one arm and a prosthetic that she apparently just built herself. Yeah, Mary's kind of rad. Yeah, Mary kicks ass. I want a game about Mary. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like, I, would, that's I really like this game. I think. Yeah, I do too. I like. Here's the thing: I really like this game. I'm not sure I can recommend it to anyone in good conscience. Um, yeah. Because I like I I you know I recommend um, people play games because I think they will have like a good time playing it. Like they will have an interesting experience and like. I don't know that I want other people to have the experience I had playing this game. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I don't and I don't even know that I liked it. I think there I think it did a lot well. Yeah. But the overall effect was that it it just didn't land for me. That's fair. Um, yeah, you know. And that's fine. Like I said, it it did a lot. It there, you know, it it's got a lot going for it. Um, it yeah. just the the it didn't quite coalesce. So. Yeah, and unlike yeah. unlike a game like Genesis Noir, which has like a bunch of cool pieces that like don't sum up to a meaningful whole, like this one has a vision of what it's doing, and it does it really hard. It's just like your mileage will vary heavily as to like whether that vision is something you want or not. Mm -hmm. I think, I think in a lot of ways this might have actually gone better for me if, if there were fewer mechanics, like if, if it was more just about you have to traverse the space and not you have to traverse the space and like do a stupid little non puzzle, like in the visions. Yeah. I think that was a big part. Um, and it it just like the the gameplay elements were really repetitive, and I think the gameplay elements took from the tone setting and absorbing you know the world that has been established. Yeah, it's like just make it a walking simulator <laughs> with like maybe the minimal interactions of like turning on the machines. Mm -hmm. Like that's fine. Like you clearly want it to be a walking simulator anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, like walk around, collect memories, and, you know, maybe flip some switches. And I don't think it needs a whole lot more than that, honestly, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, I was going to say, like, maybe fix some of the, like, pathing or queuing on the, on the, like, uh, traversal, but you kind of can't fix that. That's like embedded in the art style. You'd have to change the entire visual style of the game to, to really mm -hmm. fix that well. I mean, there's a way to improve it at least. Yeah, that's true. There are, there are, you could have done more of the queuing stuff similar to the like paint type element. Um, that would have helped. But... Yeah, or making things like a little more contrasty, or maybe if there was like a, like a, like a texture or a pattern of some sort applied to walkable areas that was not like super loud and obtrusive, but it was visually distinct. Yeah, or I could see like uh, you were saying like fading out some of the background layers a little bit. 
-hmm. so that the contrast was different and you would you had more clear of an idea like which z-axis you're on yeah yeah definitely yeah um, but yeah so that's minute of islands again like cool game happy i played it not sure i recommend it yeah like I'm maybe if you're boat. someone doing like game analysis or like game storytelling analysis or something like that might be worth it as like a prior art piece to very like specific contexts but i don't think i recommend it as a general play game mm -hmm. okay. i really like angsty mo <laughs> yeah carl recommends it so if you found your you. <laughs> if you have but found I, your I like game the bleakness I think. Yeah. If you have found your game tastes upon listening to this podcast for a while, if you have found that your tasting games tends to most closely align with Carl, then you might like this game. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> so shaking off that uh, level of bleakness, uh, shall I introduce the next game? Yes. Yes. All right. So next we are going to be taking a, a major like 90 degree turn here uh we're gonna play titanfall 2 uh by respawn entertainment um published by ea we are gonna play uh it's been a while since we've done a big budget shooty game so we're gonna do a big budget shooty game um honestly like my only reasons for for wanting to do this are one it's a game that like huck really likes and, and recommends highly and two uh a while back at a gdq i saw a speed run of this game uh and there was a, a really cool looking level in the middle that involved like i don't know if it was traveling between time or traveling between dimensions but doing like a cool like flipping back and forth between worlds while doing platforming shit that's that looked awesome and i'm like this seems like something that like actually might be pretty fun to play <laughs> mechanically so we'll see if it is nice i i am i for one am pleased to have uh, an opportunity to play big robot game yeah big robot yeah. game yeah Oh, speaking oh. of big robots, I also watched the the last uh, Evangelion movie. Uh, it was good. I recommend oh, okay. it. <laughs> My, I have only ever seen the last two episodes and the first movie of Evangelion, so I have a very skewed experience of Evangelion. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I actually, so I watched this with Ev and a couple of our other friends. We had some friends over and just had a little viewing party. Ev is 100% sure that I have watched the rebuilds, and I am 1 billion percent sure that I did not watch the rebuilds. Um, definitely, definitely watch the rebuilds. There's a lot of shit that I did that I did, was not aware of, but I at least know enough about um, enough about Ava that I could follow the the film. So that's so fine. It, are it's the rebuilds, gorgeous. Are the rebuilds like movies or like remakes of the series or like alternate versions of the series? Like, what are they? They're movies, and I, th I think they are just like straight up sequels. I don't know if they were intended to be like we're gonna do a retelling because that's not what it ends up being with okay. the way that it concludes. Like you really, from my understanding, is you really just you gotta watch 
the anime, you've got to watch End of Evangelion, you've got to watch all of the rebuilds in order, like in that order. Okay. Um, it's, it's a it's a long it's it's a big undertaking. So you know, well, maybe I'll have to try that at some point. Um, but rather than watching big robots, first we play big robots. Yeah, I like big robots. Not enough big robots. And in, you know, in the world, we'll see. You know, we 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 play a lot of indie stuff. We'll see what a bigger budget does or doesn't get you in a game, <laughs> right? Like. If, yeah, it, well, if it lives up to the amount of money spent on it. We'll see what EA money gets you before EA money shuts down your studio. Um, yeah. For exactly. not performing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Despite actually being pretty well received. Um, is my understanding. All right. So yeah, Sight and Fall 2. Uh, obviously, we're just playing the single player campaign. If If people want to try and play multiplayer of it, like, fine but we're going to be talking about the single player campaign. Yeah, I'm probably not going to play any of the multiplayer. Yeah. I'm probably going to try it if I if I'm going to download it anyway. Yeah, Fair definitely enough. try it and report back. And we'll see Huck may or may not join us for the discussion portion sure. of this. Um unless if there's other people who played this game and have strong opinions on it and really want to talk about it, Feel free to join us. We love guests, and uh, you know we're uh, we're happy to have people come and uh, and chat. So yeah, one hundred percent. I guess this is the part where we do plugs. Yes, that's that's yes. my segue into like you telling them how to how to get in oh, touch. Oh, <laughs> I see now. A good one that I botched. Hello, <laughs> you can um if you want to be a guest, you can get at us uh, on Twitter at feedbackforce. Uh, that's also where you can find the link to our Discord. You can come hang out in the Discord, even if you don't have uh, have designs upon joining us as a guest. You can just kind of come chat and chill. Um, and that is, again, on Twitter, at FeedbackForce. You can find me on Twitter, uh, at KelsoTimeBomb, where I'm not doing a lot these days, but I still look at it sometimes. So, here's that. There is that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Kyla underscore Go. Um, and you can play my game, Wintermore Tactics Club, on Switch, uh, PlayStation 4, uh, and Xbox One. Yeah, I'm Carl, and you can find me on Twitter at Skug3. And we will be back in two weeks, unless it takes us three weeks to play this game, which is not out of the question, because <laughs> it's slightly on the longer side, so... Yeah, that's fair. Either way, we will be back. So, come back next time, and thanks for listening this time. We'll see you next time. Bye! Bye! Bye.